0: What's up, everybody? This is Jordan Rossler and Derek Ambrose from the Dynasty Builders Podcast, part of the DLF family of podcasts. Each week, we use film analysis, rookie breakdowns, ADP, analytic tools, and a dose of humor to ensure that you get actionable and practical advice from each and every episode to help you build a dynasty.
1: Football.com and the DLF family, a podcast. It's me, it's me, it's that old SFD roaming the streets in Superflex City. And this is the Superflex Super Show. Back with my guest. Uh, I just got to talk to Sal Stefanelli just, man, just a couple weeks ago over on Superflex City. And uh, we didn't talk a whole lot about fantasy football, Sal, so... Um, there's, there's just way too much going on for us to, uh, to, to not talk a little football together, uh, above all else. So at Sal Pal two from four for com, and, uh, you, you and I have kind of an interesting ongoing conversation regarding ADP. <laughs> There's brand new Superflex ADP for the month of July uh available oh at dynastyleaguefootball.com. Why? It just came out yesterday as of this recording. So two we, days need, ago.
0: we need a, a paywall that puts paywalled content behind a paywall and just like lock it up so no one else can see it. <laughs> Like, See, like, in, in fairness to you, you you get the brunt of my scorn because you're the one that puts the ADP together. Like, you're the one that hosts the mock drafts and gets all the drafts. So you're like the face of the Superflex Dynasty ADP. Right. But in reality, it's not like you're the one drafting every single one of these teams and making all of the picks but you're just the face that runs the place <laughs> right.
1: right but in all fairness though i mean like i think that uh, that a lot of it is uh directed appropriately considering the fact that they get into these mock drafters get into a mock draft with me a super flex dynasty startup they know what, uh, what at least in theory what i'm going to be doing you know they know that that quarterback extreme is my strategy <laughs> what they don't know is that i don't do that in every mock draft but they they you know they draft as if it's coming you know i, I don't
0: I'm, believe that at
1: all really come
0: on you're mr qbx every single draft don't try and hide <laughs> don't try to run away from the
1: brand you built well, okay so it happens <laughs> <laughs> it, it ends up what it happened it, it, it gets it gets there eventually <laughs> even when i don't necessarily mean for it but like yeah it's it still
0: it here's still happens the, the things like i know we're talking about dynasty and you're a dynasty guy but i found the exact same thing with the redraft superflex adp because we've been doing uh superflex redraft mocks over at two qb's Um, Like, 2KBs was basically gone for, like, three years. In 2018, we had spent, like, a good three years trying to educate drafters that you didn't have to take a quarterback early. You didn't have to use your first two picks on the the quarterback spot, right? (laughs) You
1: picked the wrong three years to take a sabbatical.
0: And, like, up to that point before, like, before I got into, like, two quarterback uh, Superflex fantasy analysis – uh, like two quarterback leagues, super flex leagues. It was always quarterback Kevin, no matter what. But mm-hmm. then, like, once we started educating our readers and our listeners that, you know, there's such a thing as quarterback value, there's such thing as opportunity cost, we saw the quarterback ADP dip a bit to like a reasonable standard. So rather than say like five or six first round quarterbacks, you had maybe like two first round quarterbacks. I'm talking strictly redraft. Yeah. And so the ADP reflected that. And we were in a we were in a very we were in a great spot, John, in 2018 <laughs> when it came to two quarterback and super flex ADP. And then we came back this year because we're relaunching our two quarterbacks um draft guide. And so we're like, well, we need some ADP on the redraft side because you're just dominating the dynasty ADP. You didn't have enough time for us to come help us out with our redraft ADP. So we started hosting these mocks and it's crazy like i had uh, i don't know if you saw it but i tweeted a while ago about i compared the 2018 final two quarterback adp that we had of just the quarterbacks compared to the 2021 superflex adp of the quarterbacks and it was insane like back in 2018 the quarterback 12 was going like around pick 60 and now he's going around pick 30. Like, what happened in these three years, John? <laughs> Was I like, just like a bad man, like telling everybody not to draft quarterbacks? And they're just afraid to like not do as I, as I nicely asked of them. Like, what happened? I don't understand.
1: <laughs> but it, and it's really interesting that you and I ended up becoming friends. Uh, <laughs> like, you, it, did you ever see the movie, The Gods Must Be Crazy?
0: No, but I've heard of it. Is it with Milton Pearl? or am I thinking of something else? So,
1: I, it, yeah, it's something like that. Or, was I he like the really the, old
0: guy what, with the glasses?
1: Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> like I think it was like, or no, that was uh, uh, yeah, that was a different one. But <laughs> different like movie, it, okay. it's like a Mel Brooks movie. Oh, okay. And uh, uh, it's like the uh, you know this uh like Aboriginal guy in in Africa or whatever like finds. A, a glass soda bottle and thinks that it's like some kind of message from the gods or something. He's trying to figure oh. out what it is, like heavily subtitled, but just hilarious. <laughs> but like, there's this this group of of American or European or whatever safariers, and uh, they'll set up camp and like um, you know build a fire. And every single time, as soon as they get the fire lit, this rhinoceros just runs in. And like, I mean, scares them all away. They go running, but like, all he's there for is just to stomp out the fire, and he does sure. it every single time. Like, <laughs> regardless of where they're at, they can move, you know, hundreds of miles, set up camp for the night, and start the fire. and the same, rhino just runs in and stomps it out. <laughs> so, like, I like, I kind of, it, it feels a little bit like uh, what I'm hearing is that maybe I'm that rhino. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but like, even the, like the thing is, it's not like there's. Fewer viable quarterbacks either compared now compared to then. Yeah. <laughs> like realistically, there's probably like twenty-five serviceable fantasy quarterbacks, I would say. Uh I'm again str- strictly talking, redraft purposes. I'm not looking like two to three years in the future. Yeah. And compared to then, it's like it's not like you have to have the top of the top. Right. I mean, yeah, sure, you're in a super flex or two quarterback league, so you want. I mean, that'd be nice to have elite quarterbacks, but again, that comes with a cost. So if you're willing to bypass those early quarterbacks, there is a glut of like QB 15 ish types of quarterbacks you can get. Like that, with, with the way fantasy football is now, like three of those guys, if you mixed and matched them on a weekly basis, I feel like you would be fine compared to using two early round picks on the position.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, man, it, it feels like even more than that. Like kind of to <laughs> no, your point. Right. I mean I mean it's
0: it's 30 quarterbacks and Drew Locke and Daniel Jones.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So you hate those guys. Uh, <laughs> but like like Jared Goff, for instance. I mean that like that doesn't feel great, but I mean, would you have any problem starting Jared Goff on a you know on a weekly basis?
0: I've started worse. <laughs> like, but like he's a a great example though um who was it was it dave klug today is it kluge or kluge i'm not dave i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing your last name properly or not but i believe he sent out a tweet it was like if deandre swift is like a top 12 back and tj hawkinson is like a top i don't know top five tight end and everyone is trying to figure out who the sleeper receiver is of the lines and like why is jared goff's adp so grossly underpriced (laughs) compared to everybody else and he makes one hundred percent sense.
1: Yeah, we talk about that a lot. I mean, you know, you hate Daniel Jones, but like that's <laughs> that's one of the guys that I've kind of been talking about. I mean, you know, we're still we're still calling for significant, you know, volume for Kenny Galladay, Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley. Like, how does all of that happen? And Daniel Jones is still terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like I know that.
0: They me turn, me hating Daniel Jones, is, <laughs> it's just a bit. Like, I'm I'm a New York Giants fan. I yeah. hope Daniel Jones is good for fantasy. Um, yeah. Chris Allen recently published an article on 4 for 4, uh, actually giving us positive reasons as to why we should be drafting Daniel Jones. That could be uh, a breakout campaign for him, and it all made sense. I, I understand 100% the people who like Daniel Jones that think he could be a decent fantasy option this year but I just also love like every single backup quarterback. And I look at which team <laughs> could possibly be in a position that started backup quarterback. And I look at the New York Giants just based on Daniel Jones's history. Now it is sad that they let Alex Tanny go. So I don't get the root for him, but I mean, I, I can't win all, all of them.
1: <laughs> can't win all of them. Not every backup quarterback is going to win the job. <laughs> exactly. Some of them have to stay on the bench. Uh I don't even know who their backup is anymore. It's Mike Glennon. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah.
0: And like we've been through the Mike Mike Glennon is like the perfect example of why you should love Superflex leagues and why you should hate Superflex leagues. <laughs> I remember in 2013 when I first broke into the industry, it was Josh Freeman in Tampa Bay. He was coming off a not so great campaign and Mike Glennon was Mike Lennon was a rookie third round pick back then. We didn't know how bad he was at the time, but because he wasn't Josh Freeman, both I and the head coach of the Tampa Bay Bucks at the time, who I, I'm going to guess maybe it was Raheem Morris. I It was 2013. I can't remember the, how far back it was. But like right. I just wanted Mike Lennon to start. I wanted to see him play a game. I wanted to see him play against real NFL competition. And it did happen. I think it was like, week four or something, the coach was just, like, completely f- – oh, no, it was Greg Schiano or Sciano. I can't, I can't remember how you say his last name. The yeah. Rutgers, he yeah, was that coach at the time, and he was just absolutely fed up with the team losing and Josh Freeman not playing all that great. And, you know, in the NFL, when you're not playing well, all the blame goes on the quarterback, whether it's deserved or uh, unjustified or not. It doesn't matter.
1: Right. Uh, <laughs> and
0: so, like, they finally put in Mike Lennon, and he was just okay, but he was better than Josh Freeman. And then years later, when Mike Lennon signed to be the starting quarterback, I believe it was, where do you go? The, was it the Chicago Bears that signed him to be their starting quarterback? Yes, the Chicago Bears signed him. And then like, they're like, okay, well, Mike Lennon is our quarterback. So let's use a, uh, the second overall pick on Mitch Trubisky. And then what happens? Mike Lennon becomes the new Josh Freeman. Like It's a, a circle of life with the quarterback position. I'm, I'm here for all the chaos. I just love <laughs> it
1: all. So what are what are some of the like the viable ones that you're that you've already kind of earmarked this right. year? So
0: I'll I'll let you in on a little secret. The article I wrote for the upcoming 2 QB Superflex strategy guide was about ranking backup quarterbacks. Oh, awesome. And I ranked 39 of them into tiers.
1: Nice. Okay, <laughs> w- w- wait. So like uh who's who's so I I remember you tweeted like the best backup quarterback on each team, and some of them I mean I, yeah it kind of stirred some shit up. <laughs> like, let's be honest, uh, not my intention.
0: Um, I just want to give right. love to all the backup quarterbacks. I like by this point, people should know my Twitter timeline is like eighty percent nonsense. <laughs>
1: so like for instance back to daniel jones you had him listed as the best backup quarterback for the new york giants so like so when we're talking about ranking backup quarterbacks how much of that did you do in this article where you said you know like the the for all intents and purposes a starter is is should be the backup And and therefore, is you know uh, one of the better backups in the league. They just haven't realized that he's he's the he's a better backup than a starter.
0: So you're you're talking about Kirk Cousins, then?
1: (laughs) I don't know. I don't even know who I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) No,
0: because because this draft guide is full of like actionable advice that we want people to pay for. I actually had to be serious in this (laughs) article. (laughs) <laughs> but, um, like, I'll, I'll give you a, a sneak peek because I broke them down into tiers. And my first tier, I call this the beam me up Scotty tier, which is these are backups who are close to starting because the starters ahead of them just aren't good. Yeah. And at the top of the list, I have Teddy Bridgewater, which I think is kind of a gimme. I feel Oh, like yeah. Drew Locke is one of the most likeliest quarterbacks to be benched if they're even starting in week one. Right. So like like that those types of quarterbacks would be in that tier. Um the one that might surprise some people a little bit. I know we mentioned Jared Goff as being a decent enough fantasy quarterback and I think he's the type of guy who can easily get you like 13 to 14 fantasy points per week, which is is good enough. But you're telling me Tim Boyle couldn't do that if he started in Detroit?
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, uh, especially yeah. I know that Tim Boyle is is kind of on your backup quarterback Mount Rushmore too. <laughs> so, like, but I mean, man, he ended up with with quite the cult following, and uh, I just I just can't help but think that you drove that train uh, right That's through it. a <laughs> giant <laughs> crowd.
0: It was me and Evan Silva. Nice. <laughs> But, like, here's the thing with when it comes to fantasy football analysis, we're so data driven, so stats based in like pretty much every facet of our analysis. But what people sometimes tend to forget, especially when it comes to the quarterback position, is that situation matters just as much as talent and stats. Yeah. It's not a fair thing on the quarterback, but year after year after year, we see how many coaches are just fed up with losing and they know coach speak coach thought is well if I bench my quarterback it might give my team a spark like the best player on an NFL team is always about the backup quarterback because you just don't know what you have in them like you always think like that that's the guy that's going to turn everything around
1: right (laughs) yeah I mean yeah said this before too I mean if you're not winning games and or entertaining people backup quarterbacks going to be the most popular yeah, guy in town
0: percent. Like, you know, and i think that's probably a reason why i love backup quarterbacks <laughs> so much like i was a very unathletic untalented high school football player so like i just yearn to be a backup quarterback because <laughs> you are literally one play away from being the leader of that team yeah whether you're good or not doesn't matter it just all that matters is you're just not the the other guy
1: that's so true and like if you if if and when you do get on the field like the expectations just plummet like there's they don't expect anything of you other yeah. than to just like stay healthy like that's all we really care about here so and like anything you do and you just kind of become this like this cult hero so yeah, that's so true. W- w- like but what are some of the guys for this year that you're let, ha, let's let's so let's put it this way. So like in a super flex redraft league uh, some guys and, and you know, real quick though. I, I do want to because I mean, hosted by dynastyleaguefootball.com. <laughs> we do, we generally talk dynasty here. What I do think though is when we get to this point in the calendar I think every, every league really kind of shifts to a little bit of a redraft focus. Like Mm -hmm. you kind of take on, you know, a little bit of a redraft approach, even to your dynasty leagues, at least we should. Um, You know, they're, they're probably going to be, you know, there's, there's one or two teams in every single league that are probably looking at kind of a down year with a productive struggle type of strategy, you know, where they're not really, you know, focused on what's going to happen in 2021. Everyone else is trying to figure out how to win games, how to turn this dynasty value into, you know, on the field production. So, you know, I I, like, I think that it's fair to be talking about redraft leagues, even in dynasty, because right now, I think that you can take a a redraft focus to dynasty leagues and you really should, Mm -hmm. Um, as long as you're going to actually try and, compete this year and and my personal opinion is most teams if not all teams really should do that so anyways (laughs) well all that preface uh just to lead up to the question um is it to you is it worthwhile to handcuff quarterbacks in superflex redraft leagues and if so which ones are you handcuffing in 2021
0: that's a great question. Um, the first part of my answer is it depends on how many bench spots you have. Yeah. So, like, if I'm in a shallow league, do I really want to dedicate my one few bench assets to someone who may never see the field? <laughs> like, for example, let's take the, um, uh, the like, let's take the New Orleans Saints for example. There's two guys there. No one knows who's going to be starting. Uh, you either have to be firm in your stance of who you think is going to start week one and just draft that player, or you have to be wishy-washy and use two picks. And not only do you have to use two picks, you have to use two like mid-round picks or like n- like not I, not not early mid. So let's say if you're in an 18 uh, draft league, you probably have to use uh, like say a pick in rounds between rounds 11 to 13 maybe even earlier on those two quarterbacks. And that's a lot of draft capital to put into one position from one team. Like there's a reason why we always talk about drafting the handcuff to a running back when you don't already have that starting running back roster on your team. Cause you're hoping in the off chance that you just won the lottery. Like say for example, Derek Henry goes down for five weeks. You have Darrington Evans on your team. Awesome. But if you have Henry and you have Evans, like all of a sudden you're putting all that capital into that one position. So you have to look at the quarterback position in the exact same way when it comes to super flex leagues. So if I have a very shallow bench, like for example, I used to play in a 14 team two quarterback league, that only had two bench spots. I'm not wasting Whoa. a bench spot. <laughs> yeah. I'm no. not wasting a bench spot on a handcuffed quarterback. <laughs> right. If my no. quarterback goes down, I'm probably gonna be out of luck no matter what. <laughs> Or I'm gonna be spending an arm and a leg to trade for a quarterback. Yeah. (laughs) Help me out. But if maybe I have like I say around between five to seven bench spots is a perfect amount of bench spots to I'm gonna say waste, but I don't mean it that way. But the waste I pick on a handcuffed quarterback if it's the right situation. And to know that you have to go look at all the depth charts. You have to go read all the beat writer reports. You have to be seeing how players are doing in preseason in training camp. And then you kind of have to decide which backup quarterbacks are a priority. And that's what I did with this article, and which is the one thing I do every year, is I monitor the backup quarterback situation. I monitor, I, I monitor the quarterback talk of what's going on, who should be on my radar, who doesn't matter as much, who maybe I think could be a potential gem in the rough. Um, And that's how I go about researching the quarterback position. And every year I'm always trying to find at least one person who is a current backup that I think based just based just on situation, not talent, just based on situation who could start at some point and be a valuable asset in super flex leagues. Because as you know, in a super flex league, quarterbacks on the waiver wire you're probably going to be spending all of your fab to get whoever the hot quarterback is for if say a top quarterback goes down you want to get their backup he's on the waiver everybody in your league wants to do that so i try to find who that player could be so that i don't have to blow all of my fab <laughs> the <laughs> moment this quarterback becomes viable like i can have them on uh, what i call my quarterback speed dial list it's like here's a guy i'm going to monitor I want to pick him up maybe one to two weeks before he becomes a valuable commodity, and if he doesn't, no harm, no foul. I just drop him and I throw him back into the waiver wire. So that's how I go about researching like the backup quarterback landscape.
1: Nice. So, yeah, back to uh, back to your rankings. And again, we won't we won't give these away because <laughs> uh, I mean, honestly, the the two QBs uh, superflex two quarterback strategy guide is just I mean man that's like that's something that we should just be picking up like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like just go wait. to your
0: virtual newsstand Click
1: yeah, by. yeah exactly it, 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 yeah we'll have to talk a little bit more about that thing in a minute too because that's uh uh it's it's been a couple years since you guys released that uh but it was man that was a useful resource uh the last time we we uh mm-hmm. got one of those too. So. Um, but back to your you know back to your article your backup quarterback rankings like how much of that is so it sounds like like tim boyle is kind of your um kind of your diamond in the rough type of guy no
0: like, I, no he's just he's just someone on my radar oh okay like as of right now the detroit coaching staff haven't said anything bad about jared Goff they traded for him or maybe they they just took him back in the trade who knows what's going on there. But as of now, there hasn't been any bad reports about Jared Goff. But like you know, I know, we've seen Jared Goff play in the past. There's nothing that makes him stand apart from any other quarterback really. So there is a potential there at some point. If the Detroit Lions suck, I mean, no offense to anybody who listens to this podcast that is a huge Lions fan. They don't have the most talented roster. (laughs) Some people in the betting world who I respect and admire have even talked about the potential that they go winless. So that is a scenario ripe for a backup quarterback to take over at some point. So that's, that's why I like Tim Boyle, but there are other quarterbacks who I'm much more interested in from a backup perspective.
1: Okay. That was going to be my question, I guess. (laughs) So uh, I'm going to, I want to throw some situations at you and and see if these are, are like, must handcuff situations to you, mm-hmm. or uh, it, is it just wait and uh, um, go get those guys? You know, off the waivers. And this is mainly going to be most of these are going to be redraft. I don't think these guys are very many of them are going to be available in, uh, in Dynasty. Dynasty Superflex. I mean, like so. in
0: Dynasty, every quarterback should be rostered in a Superflex format.
1: <laughs> yeah, if there's any kind of path whatsoever, yeah. Um, all right. The Las Vegas Raiders.
0: Yeah, um, one. It's because Mariota is a good, a decent enough quarterback. We've seen him produce in the past. There's some people that aren't that into Derek Carr. I do think he is in a good situation this year with the talents surrounding him. That uh, and from a redraft purpose, I love Derek Carr's price in Superflex drafts. Like we just we did a uh, an industry mock. For the draft guy and he was the 27th quarterback taken like I don't care if you don't think Derek Carr is good as the QB 27 like it's it's worth it at that price
1: oh for sure yeah, yeah I yeah I mean and especially if you get Mariota with like the last pick of your draft it's just like I mean you just locked up that situation uh, like Carr has always been safe you know so at the very least, um, New England.
0: So that's a tricky one, right? Because it could literally go either way. It's like either Cam Newton is the week one starter. So then it's like, okay, I have to have Mac Jones as my backup quarterback. Or it's like, oh, all of a sudden Mac Jones won the starting quarterback job. But Cam Newton is still there. He's still healthy. There was some beat report talk about, Cam Newton being, like, the red zone running back for New England. And what how, what he say, like, 14 or 16 rushing touchdowns last year? And he didn't even play a whole season. Yeah. <laughs> like, that – That the Konami code uh, appeal of fantasy quarterbacks is always tantalizing to me because I just love rushing quarterbacks.
1: It's also a weird situation because, like, it, it feels like either – Cam Newton starts the entire season, or Mac Jones starts the entire season. Like, there's just not like a a good way to segue from one to the other. There's so yeah. The the
0: so only different. way I, I'm with you. There, like the only way the backup is going to get in is if the Patriots absolutely are horrendous this year, and are just like they just start, like zero seven or something like that, or the quarterback gets injured. Like, hopefully, no quarterback in New England gets COVID again this year. And we don't have to worry about that. But like, yeah, I feel like Belichick—he uh, puts this guy in, he sticks with them, if they're winning and producing enough to put a like a, a formidable roster
1: on the field. Yeah. What about Washington?
0: Man, that, that's a tricky one because I am absolutely in love with Ryan Fitzpatrick as mm-hmm. quarterback of Washington this year. That one, his draft cost is reasonable, but two, the offensive weapons surrounding him are unbelievable (laughs) like you have Antonio Gibson you have Terry McLaurin you have Curtis Samuel you have Logan Thomas you have uh is it Diami Brown uh there's been some talk of Adam Humphreys being an option in that offense JD McKissick like it's just a really good offensive line I just am really into Ryan Fitzpatrick, but that's a situation where, like we've seen in the past, Ryan Fitzpatrick be a very up and down quarterback. So there is potential that if he falters at a certain point, does Ron Rivera pull the hook? Like, like yeah. sure, that's a guy you brought in from free agency who you decided was better than Alex Smith, which that's a story <laughs> for another day.
1: It's pretty but, crazy. There
0: you have uh, another quarterback just right there on the sidelines that could come in at any moment. And yeah. I know in the, in the Twitter community, there's been a lot of talk about this very s- scenario that you just mentioned, this question that you asked me, and people are wondering why we're not talking about the back of Washington quarterback as much as we should be. And the thing is, like, in Superflex and two quarterback leagues, you absolutely 100% should be. If one quarterback at it doesn't matter. If Ryan Fitzpatrick was your quarterback and he got benched, there's gonna be like ten other options you can pick up from waivers.
1: Right. Uh I, okay. I've I'm gonna I've got some that I think are uh probably a little a little easier, but I'm still curious about your thoughts on, on a couple of these. Miami.
0: I'm all I'm all in on Tua.
1: Okay. Nice. Yeah, I nice feel like team. this
0: this is the year for him. The thing is, like they actually have a pretty decent backup in Jacoby Brissett, so it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibilities that Tua does falter, and it's like sort of like that yin yang we saw last year with Tua and Ryan and Ryan Tua back and forth here and there. So it could happen, but I do believe that this is the year for Tua.
1: What about Cleveland?
0: Um, yeah, I just, I don't see it. That offense, we saw them play at the end of last season. Like Baker Mayfield had a very, um, Jekyll and Hyde season from a fantasy perspective. Right. I think, um, cause I, I just was looking this up the other day for another article. I believe from like week one to week 11, Baker Mayfield was like the fantasy QB 26. But then from like week 12 to week 15 or no, from week 12 to like week 16, he was like the QB fantasy six or QB fantasy seven, and that was including a game where he scored under 10 fantasy points. So, like, you have a head coach and offensive system coming back, you have Oda Beckham coming back, you have Jarvis Landry, you have all these other like younger ish receivers that are primed to make the leap, and like Rashard Higgins and Donovan Peoples Jones, you have a very good running back in Nick Chubb. You have a plethora of tight ends who are decent enough. Like not one of them has stood out at this point, but you have a lot of options at tight end and you have a pretty decent O line. So like I feel very safe in Baker Mayfield being a viable fantasy. QB two, like not a low end QE two, but maybe like between like QB fifteen to QB eighteen range.
1: What about Indianapolis?
0: You know, I would have said 100% that that would be a situation to monitor if you had asked me this question like two weeks ago. But um, I'm not sure if you know of Kenny Heitenhoe from QB List. Mm -hmm. He wrote an article for the draft guide as part of our QB breakouts piece. And he put together a very, very compelling case for Carson Wentz this year. (laughs) I'm not going to give it away because you should read the article, but he legitimately made me change my mind on carson wentz from being a guy i want absolutely no part of to okay i wouldn't be mad if he was my qb2
1: interesting yeah i yeah. gotta check that out uh one more green bay
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, you didn't see the picture of Aaron Rodgers in his sunglasses and office t-shirt too? by the way how <laughs> like amazing was that office shirt like i haven't like I know where that's from but I've never seen that particular version of that shirt before. I wonder if like he had it made for just himself or can I go on uh, homage.com and buy? Like I I legit never saw that shirt until today. Yeah. And you can't tell me that Aaron Rodgers Okay, I know I know you're an Aaron Rodgers guy and we've yeah. given you much flack over the <laughs> years for it. But if Aaron Rodgers does not score every single touchdown imaginable this year and just goes blaze glory on his way out of green Bay. I would 100% be shocked if that didn't happen. Like he is a very petty man. (laughs) He is a very vindictive man. And I can imagine all he's thinking about is just giving the, the head honchos at green Bay, just two big FUs on his (laughs) way out. Like he's going to be like the MVP. He's going to be the super bowl MVP. He's going to do everything his power, make sure this team goes undefeated and that he throws like 80 touchdowns and like 60 of them go to Randall Cobb. Like that's his season this year.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. Uh, so, so it's tough because I like, I have tweets in consecutive days that kind of contradict each other here (laughs) a little bit. So, uh, I was tagged in one today. Um, from uh Superflex junkie, who was asking, you know what where Aaron Rodgers is gonna finish? Is he gonna finish QB one? Is he gonna finish top three? Is he gonna finish you know f- between four and ten or is he gonna finish um below outside the top ten? And uh I kind of did a fantasy advice by the slice type of thing um for for those who uh remember the last time Sal was on here. Um, but it was, uh, I mean, so Aaron Rodgers has been one of the top two fantasy quarterbacks in seven of the 11 seasons that he's played completely healthy, where he didn't miss a significant amount of time, seven times out of 11 seasons. He, so, I mean, obviously like the, the most likely scenario is a top two finish, like that's what happens the most often. As long as he's able to stay healthy, the second most likely scenario is actually quarterback one overall. He's done that four times. Mm-hmm. He's finished outside the top three three times, or well between three and and uh, ten, three uh, three times, and then once he was quarterback eleven. So like, <laughs> like in order, like the most likely scenario is top three. Quarterback one overall, and then, you know, one of the quarterback ones, like top 10 quarterbacks. So, but like, it's such an awkward situation when we know that he's out of there next year. Like everybody knows that this new deal was meant to be, you know, get him out of here next year. That's what he wants. So let's, let's clear the way. I don't know how you don't get Jordan Love on the field at some point, you know, to see what you've got because, I mean, you're preparing for life after Aaron Rodgers starting in 2022. And that's kind of either way, like, regardless of what happens in 2021. So, like, at some point, you've got to know what you've got with Jordan Love because but- it's going to dictate the entire approach to the offseason in 2022.
0: But do you think maybe they already know what they have in Jordan Love and what they have (laughs) in Jordan Love just isn't that good?
1: I I
0: understand on the one hand, yes, is Aaron Rodgers Hall of Fame quarterback going to go down as one, like, probably like one of the top 25 quarterbacks of all time in the NFL? And Jordan Love, obviously, you can't compare him to Aaron Rodgers, but would Green Bay be going so much out of their way to ensure Aaron Rodgers played for them this year. If they thought they could plug in Jordan love week one, like every team is always looking for the rookie quarterback to take over because they're cheap and they want to take advantage of that contract before they blow up. And here they are. They use a first round pick on Jordan love. The scenario, like the storyline was written for them to put in Jordan love right now. But they did everything they could to bring Aaron Rodgers back. Yeah. So I feel yeah. like that kind of like tells the story <laughs> of what Green Bay is thinking. Like the only way I see Jordan Love playing this year, barring injury, is if Green Bay just isn't very good. And they have a very good team. They should be a playoff contender. They should be like a Super Bowl contender on both yeah. sides of the offense and special teams when you put it all together. So I just don't see Jordan Love on the field by any choice of Green <laughs> Bay. Like For them, it's all about Aaron Rodgers. Like, and they're going to take this season to just ride out the storm. Now, I want to throw out a question to you because you are the Dynasty guy. And I feel like it could be a very hard tell of the situation for some people. But a few weeks ago, if you had Jordan Love on your Superflex Dynasty roster, you hit a lottery ticket, right? You hit the jackpot. Like, here's a guy, potentially, who could be the starting quarterback of a very high potent offense. So it's either you're going to put him into your starting lineup or trade field calls for him. And I imagine with the way people are quarterback hungry in Superflex Dynasty, it would be I could imagine some people probably wanted multiple first-round picks for Jordan Love. Whether he's worth it or whether you're going to get that, different story altogether. But <laughs> right. everybody has a very different opinion of how players should be valued. Now Aaron Rodgers is back, most likely going to start the whole season, and you know it is potentially setting up Jordan Love being the starter next year. As of right now, that would be the scenario. But anything could happen, right? Aaron Rodgers could be traded. They could sign a veteran quarterback. They could trade for a veteran quarterback. It could be like the Kansas City scenario where they traded for Alex Smith and let Patrick Mahomes learn under him for a little bit. They could maybe use another early round draft pick on an even better quarterback. <laughs> Anything could happen. So if you, John, if you have Jordan Love on your Superflex Dynasty roster right now, and let's say he's your QB three or QB four, for example. Are you holding him because his value has diminished or are you willing to accept something of what you deem fair value and what is that fair value? So, like, say, for instance, I'm looking at your roster. I see he's your QB three. I want a young quarterback on my team. What is it going to take for me to get him from you?
1: Oh, man. Wow, that's a tough one. I kind of think you know, I, I think that a random 2022 first is probably what it would take. I'm kind of, I, like, I, I'm, you know, kind of what you were saying about it it, is as far as the information that we have at hand right now in 2022, he's the starting quarterback. Like, of course there are some scenarios where that, you know, gets derailed, but you know, in the meantime, You know, and and like until we have that information, we kind of have to approach it as, you know, that's he's he's their starting quarterback in 2022. And to me, any quarterback with who's who's going to be an NFL starter is worth a, a. A current year's first round pick, like at least a late first round pick. Uh, Just because I you know, you're not going to be able to to replace and and, you know, some of the extreme scenarios that we've talked about here, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Drew Locke, like those are guys that it's like, uh, do we really believe they're going to be starters for the entire season? Probably not. But even then, how are you going to replace the starts that you would get from those quarterbacks in a rookie draft with, you know, pick 112, Mm -hmm. for instance, you know? So, it like even in a deep class like we just had, Mac Jones still wasn't making it to 112 in very many super flex rookie drafts. So, you know, so, so I think that it's fair to say that that's kind of the going rate for a quarterback who's going to be an NFL starter. And, uh, I, so, you know, again, I think that that's, that's kind of the, the information that we have to go off of right now is that it looks like it's still going to be Jordan love. Now. I mean, I like what you, what you just said though, is very compelling to me. (laughs) You know, the fact that like, if they felt good about Jordan love, if they even felt okay about Jordan love, they would have traded Aaron Rodgers. you know, (laughs) but you know, the the fact that they didn't, and, and I don't know how much, like how much of it has to do with the fact that you, all of a sudden you had, you know, Zadarius Smith and you had Devonte Adams all saying that they want out, you know, mm-hmm. all saying they want to be traded. If Aaron Rodgers is gone, I don't want to be here either. And all, you know, all of a sudden they're facing this mutiny. So,
0: but then was, isn't that potentially also an indictment on Jordan Love? Right. Like, we
1: don't want to play with that dude. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> it like, should well, be. Well,
0: why do you not want to play with that guy?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I and mean, it, yeah. It, this is
0: where like again it all comes back to situation with the quarterback position Mm -hmm. like we 100% know Aaron Rodgers is the better quarterback but if he were to be gone you would just automatically assume Jordan Love would be the starter Mm -hmm. but maybe he's just not good enough to start
1: yeah and it does kind of make me wonder if maybe like I I mean like I wanted to ask you about the Houston situation too and we'll get to that in a second actually but like, it, it makes me wonder if maybe you do need to just kind of hedge a little bit with Blake Bortles as well, you know? Yeah, but Edson. he got
0: released today.
1: Oh, he did? Yeah. I missed that. I was freaking working. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: As soon as as soon as, as soon as that picture of Aaron Rodgers in his office t-shirt and sunglasses get up was <laughs> tweeted out, they released
1: Blake Bortles. So that was their plan. That was their, their the whole, the, the big, the big plan. If Aaron Rodgers, you know, retires to force a trade or something like that, it was Blake Bortles. It was never Jordan Love. Was never was Jordan Bortles. Love. <laughs> so, okay. I mean, again, like, the, even that, even Blake Bortles being released is still pretty damning of <laughs> Jordan Love. Like, oh, all of this just kind of comes back to they hate Jordan Love.
0: Imagine uh, that that was like the, the story in the locker room, like the green Bay head coaches and general managers were telling everybody if Aaron Rodgers doesn't play for us next year, get ready for the Blake Bortles show. And that's when yeah. all the reports just started being released and leaked to the press. <laughs> and we're just all under the assumption thinking that it was Jordan love.
1: Yeah. Uh what the hell? <laughs> what the hell are they doing? <laughs> okay. Well, anyways, that that kills that that theory, that potential strategy. <laughs> um, but and by the way, like I I tried to put together a show sheet for us. I don't. Do oh, that you did very put together anymore. a show sheet. Yeah. yeah I I, and we haven't touched it like we haven't done anything. I had no idea that it, that we were going to talk backup quarterbacks but like now that we're How did here, you
0: not know this
1: I know that's what I'm saying like now Have you we're... not
0: listened to any podcast show that I go on
1: like <laughs> or more like every podcast that you've ever been on everything that you've ever written everything that you've ever tweeted like, that wasn't I, I asked
0: you a question and I think I'm like 25% of the show
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i like i should have known i don't know why i i i didn't see this coming but now that we're here i'm i'm actually really glad i think this is still useful stuff so i mean uh
0: uh, uh, uh this is 100 completely biased but this is the type of content we should be producing in the Superflex community yeah uh, we could spend ten thousand words talking about the top 12 fantasy quarterbacks that's not yeah. going to matter to me, honestly. Right, like I have like twenty quarterbacks, so I'm okay with as my QB one. I want to know about the backups. I want to know about the third stringers.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sleepers, people always ask me about sleepers, and it's like there's not a lot of them when it comes to quarterbacks in superflex. But like, you know, the ones that are out there, yeah, we we kind of need to raise awareness. But yeah, I mean, to your point, like arguing about the difference between Josh Allen and Kyler Murray. It's a difference of, you know, it, it. it's a difference of, you know, 21 points per game versus 24 points per game. <laughs> like <laughs> it, it. it's, it really kind of doesn't matter at that point, but yeah. The only time like,
0: it's going to matter is if you lose your championship by one point and those are the two quarterbacks. <laughs>
1: yeah, they're head to head. Yeah. Uh, well, but if you're quarterback extreme, then uh, you, uh, you, you won't end up in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Houston. I want to talk Houston's quarterbacks. Cause they're all backups. Like they've got five backups on roster and, and they've got Deshaun Watson, but I, it seems like he's probably not going to be there. Like he's requested, he reported, but he requested a trade.
0: I think if most people who know me by now know that I prefer, um, to not talk about those types of players (laughs) when it comes to fantasy football. They know that they're just all undraftable on my roster. It's probably a big reason why I don't win in fantasy football anymore, but I'd rather have fun and root for the players on my team that have those types of players on my team.
1: Yeah. So talking about Watson, not – to Rod taylor no
0: i, I, <laughs> okay. I, I always on my team. <laughs> It's
1: like that's where you draw the line huh <laughs> that's where your standards are somewhere in between tim boyle and Tarod taylor okay <laughs> but yeah no like that makes sense and a lot of people do that and and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that uh i my personal opinion i don't do it um, because my opinion is somebody in the league is going to have the assholes on their team and it's going to help them win games. Like, you know, it's, it, it, it might as well be me, I guess, but, but like, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it just in, in the exact same way that I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, drafting the players from your favorite team. Like if you, the, you're the better you feel about the players on your roster, And the better, you know, the, the, the more fun you're having managing that roster, the better you're going to do. So, you know, whatever your approach is, take it, like go all in. Um, I'm totally fine with that. So, but let's talk about the other quarterbacks. Let's assume Mm -hmm. that, uh, he who shall not be named, uh, will not be a member of the Houston Texans. How, how many of those guys do, do we need to draft? How many of those guys do we have to stack?
0: I mean, are we talking redraft or dynasty? Because I feel like in dynasty, Davis Mills is probably on every superflex roster.
1: Yeah, yeah. So let's just talk redraft. Let's just say, just to get through this year, what the hell do we have to do with the Houston Texans?
0: Uh, the I think the way you play it is you draft Taylor very late because people just don't know how that Houston situation is going to unfold. It's also not really an offense that looks like it's going to score a lot of points or has a lot of many viable options as potential targets for whoever is at quarterback. So we've seen that with Tyrod Taylor being a late round quarterback in the super flex draft. So, I mean, my opinion is, I believe it's going to be Taylor starting week one, how long he's going to start is a very different question. It's not set up very well for him with that offense and that team and that situation. So I feel like, he's probably not going to last to the halfway point of the season. I really, I really think Houston is just that bad. And what happens when you have a bad team and a young rookie quarterback on the sidelines, that young rookie quarterback is going to come play at some point. Now the question is, do they go to the rookie right away Or do they decide to give Jeff Driscoll a shot at some
1: point? (laughs) Or Ryan Finley.
0: (laughs) so like That's what you have to kind of think about. Luckily, in redraft, I don't think it's going to matter whatsoever. You're going to use a very late-round pick on Taylor. Then once he gets benched, you're going to pick up Mills from the waiver wire. Unless it's Driscoll, then you pick up Driscoll. If it's Finley... Did they keep Finley? I thought they traded for him and cut him. I can't remember 100%.
1: (laughs) But if he's still there...
0: It's, But I honestly feel it's going to be like a mix of Taylor and Mills. That's how, that's realistically what it should be. Because by this point, like, I love Taylor. We know what type of quarterback he is, like what what his talent and skill set is. And it's a very decent, serviceable journeyman quarterback. He does offer some rushing potential and rushing upside for fantasy purposes, but the head coach of the Houston Texans doesn't care about (laughs) rushing fantasy points. He just wants to either win or see his younger players develop. So like like I believe it's going to be Taylor and it's going to be Mills. I feel like realistically, they'll probably split the season in half unless Houston is just like really, really, really bad and they just can't keep Taylor on the field any longer and they just know that the season is lost cause so they want to throw out Mills earlier. Or somehow this team wins games with Taylor at quarterback. I mean, anything is possible. I don't see it happening, but that's how I am playing the Houston quarterback situation.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it feels like one to just kind of stay away from. But like. Oh, yeah. No,
0: for sure. (laughs) If I am very. If I'm okay with my quarterback depth chart, like in redraft, I want. If I am not planning on drafting like three guys who i can uh, mix and match streaming every week i prefer to get two quarterbacks who i know i don't have to worry about benching them unless it's for a bye week or they get injured or something like that and then i don't worry all that much about who my third quarterback is but um if i do find myself in a scenario where like the draft just took every single quarterback manageable like the tyrod taylors and the Taysom hill types those guys are usually available late as a, a QB three. And those are the only times I'll end up drafting on my team. I I'm personally trying to avoid the Houston quarterback situation and redraft fantasy, just because I don't think there's much upside there other than having like a warm body on my bench. I can throw in if I need to.
1: Yeah. Bad pass catchers and stuff too. <laughs> like bad position players. Yeah. It's just, or bad skill position players. That is, yeah, it's just not a good situation. But um, we barely even like we we didn't even get to half of the backup quarterback situations <laughs> oh, in the league, which is totally fine because again, you wrote an article uh, for the two. QBs. I ranked
0: thirty-nine backup <laughs> quarterbacks.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we talked about a few of them here, but yeah, you can if... get the the entire rankings, the entire tiering system all by uh,
0: buy the two qb Superflex draft guide to see how i view the backup quarterback landscape and to see who i have dubbed this year's jalen hurts
1: yeah oh that's a teaser that's how yeah. it's done right that's there that's how like, you do it the biz. That's, a, that's yeah that's a pro take notes <laughs> um <laughs> but like one thing that i did put on the show sheet that i know you were pretty excited about so we should try and hit on it for just a few minutes here before we wrap up is uh like i said at the top brand new adp at dynasty for Superflex dynasty and i know and uh, i i think that you hate it almost as much as you hate daniel jones so so i like i i want to see what kind of edits you would make if you were like the only one who got to make up this uh this Superflex flex adp I know Trevor Lawrence would be nowhere near his ADP of 108 uh, overall. Um, I think that uh, my guess is that a lot of these quarterbacks would not be. So we've got eight quarterbacks. Actually, I'm I'm gonna call I call it nine quarterbacks. So Joe Burrow has an ADP of 201, which you know, it, if if we're doing a snake draft, it's all just a matter of how you know what order do you take those two players dalvin cook and joe burrow so like to me 201 is still part of the first round it was just kind of you know in reverse alphabetical order is essentially what how how that happened so so i'm calling in nine quarterbacks in the first round uh so pat mahomes josh allen kyler murray dak prescott lamar jackson all before the first non-quarterback goes, Christian McCaffrey, and then we're right back to it. Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Russell Wilson's at one eleven, and Joe Burrow at 201. Nine quarterbacks in the first in the first round, uh, in the first 13 picks. So
0: see, we need a supplemental first round that's just for quarterbacks. <laughs> then the real draft can begin.
1: We've kind of, uh, John Bosch and I have kind of talked about that, about doing that. I think, actually, I think that you were involved in that too. We were going to do yeah, that format dubbed, where we just.
0: I dubbed it the Super Super Flex League. Yeah. You all the quarterbacks, then you draft the
1: rest of the players. Yeah. Get the quarterbacks out of the way. Because, I mean, stuff. this
0: is basically what it is right now, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> At least this way, everyone has a fair chance of getting two quarterbacks and they don't have to worry about what they cost. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, the 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 tough part is to really change this would be to completely shift the psychology on it, on you know, on roster building in Superflex Dynasty. And
0: that's, that's a big part of it too, right? The yeah. psychology that goes into being in a Superflex fantasy league, especially mm-hmm. if it's your first ever Superflex league, you're thinking to yourself, okay. I now have to join a league where either I have to start two quarterbacks every week or I have the potential to start two quarterbacks every week, which basically means you're starting two quarterbacks every week. So in your mind, you're thinking to yourself, well, I have to use two early picks on the quarterback position, maybe even both of my first-round picks on quarterbacks." And it's a very difficult mindset to get away from, Mm -hmm. which is one reason – why we reached out to Renee Miller of The Athletic to write an article for the the draft guide basically about how to beat your bias towards early-round quarterback bias when it comes to superflex drafting. So that's another Mm -hmm. great reason to get the draft guide. I I will say, I think years of practice to figure out that you don't have to draft quarterbacks early in superflex and two quarterback leagues. You just don't have to. Right. unless you have some sort of crazy score and format where like the top eighty players are all quarterbacks so it is it's very difficult i will give drafters that one hundred percent credit that i understand where they're coming from doesn't mean I have to accept it
1: <laughs> right no that's fair I, like i i've this part gets missed a lot when I talk about quarterback extreme but the only reason to go quarterback early is so that you have the runway to go quarterback often. But if you're, if you don't want that roster bill, if you don't want five quarterbacks, if you don't want to, you know, stream that position within your roster, if you feel good just, you know, just, just taking that baseline scoring that's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know, 15, 18 points a week from both the quarterback and the super flex position, that's, a, I mean, that's a good number. Like we can, we can feel comfortable with that. Uh, it's it's limited upside, but it's a good, safe, solid number. So you know, if if you feel good about that, and you're going to go for you know the two quarterbacks, and then get a, a third one on your bench, you don't have to start in the first round. This isn't about getting the elite guys. Like but that's I, that part's never changed. You know
0: exactly. I mean, I'm looking at this ADP right now, and I am just salivating at the the thought of being the 112 pick in a superflex dynasty right now where i realistically could come away with like a justin jefferson and dk metcalf start how is it that not a single receiver went in the first round
1: i know yeah that's pretty interesting too i that part i actually kind of agree with
0: because for me, when my dynasty philosophy is I want to get young receivers. Yeah. Those are the guys I personally like to build my team around. And I'm just looking at this ADP and I feel like I could just go like receiver, receiver, receiver for like the <laughs> first three rounds and I would be in like absolute heaven.
1: Yeah. So the the reason that like my my – take on that is like you you go down to like you know the seventh round and there's juju smith schuster and cortland Sutton and T Higgins um you know eighth round there's Jerry Judy and and Kenny Galladay and LaVisca Chenault and you know Debo Samuel in the ninth round and then some of these rookies Rashad Bateman is is there in the, the early tenth round Jalen Waddle in the ninth round so, like,
0: it's definitely what I 100% agree with you. I believe that's yeah. a very fair assessment. And it just all comes back to how you prefer to build your roster. Yeah. You come at me with that rebuttal, and then I come back to you. I'm like, well, <laughs> look at Ryan Fitzpatrick in round nine, Taysom Hill in round 10, mm-hmm. Teddy Bridgewater in round 11, um Kellen Mond in round 14. Like I, we could, we could list off all the late round players. We like at any (laughs) position.
1: Yeah, for sure. I just feel like the, the wide receivers are a little bit more foundational in those later rounds. Whereas, you know, Elijah Moore in the ninth round. um, That's one that I missed, but you know, you, if you waited until the seventh round to start on wide receivers and then go three straight, you know, and you get, you could end up with something like, you know, T. Higgins, Jerry Judy, Elijah Moore. And then your wide receivers are just done for years, you know? Or,
0: or imagine just going wide receiver with your first six picks. <laughs> You'd have all of those guys and Ryan Fitzpatrick.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Okay.
0: <laughs> He's a great value in this ADP.
1: Yeah. Um. So, like in in your perfect world where does like where do we start taking quarterbacks in ADP like where should these guys actually be really kind of picking up
0: so i do think the first 5 quarterbacks should be first rounders in mm-hmm. superflex dynasty so we got Mahomes, Allen, Murray, Prescott, Lamar Jackson. I feel right there that's a very solid number of first round quarterbacks in superflex dynasty. Then it's like the Herberts, the Russell Wilsons, and the Joe Burrow types. Those are the guys that are kind of a little wishy-washy when it comes to being first-round picks in mm. dynasty superflex. So I would be okay if I had to bump them uh, down a bit. But with me, like I'm just bumping up receivers more than anything. Like,
1: mm, okay,
0: even like I don't, I don't feel good about being the guy that drafts Saquon Barkley or Dalvin cook in the first round of a dynasty startup in any format, honestly, whether it's super flex or not super flex. Like I don't want to build my roster around a running back who might break down in two to three years. Right. But that's just me. And then, which in that case, that's why those five quarterbacks be more than okay over those guys. So like, that's where I start looking at like, I, I understand why Trevor Lawrence is where he is in the superflex adp i i understand it whatsoever everyone calls him a generational talent (laughs) he could be the quarterback of the future we've seen the skill set that he has we've seen him produce in college but it's just wild to me that a rookie quarterback is a top eight pick in a superflex dynasty adp (laughs) I, i just it's just insane to me and then like if you were to miss out on Trevor Lawrence and you wanted him and you want to trade for him, then what do you have to do? Give up like 18 first round picks to get him? Like, what, what, where did this madness come from, John, when it comes to quarterback value? I just, I, 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 try, to, I try to wrap my head around it every single time. And I, I wonder to myself, like, who led the charge when it comes to quarterback value and dynasty. Who was the the, the very the, first person who traded for let's say a rookie Jay Cutler and they gave up three first round picks like and the other owner decided to make that offer. Like where did the <laughs> genesis of this come from? It's just insane to me that I either have to use a first round pick on Trevor Lawrence or I have to trade my entire future for Trevor Lawrence when I could realistically get another quarterback later. Maybe not as good, but is Trevor Lawrence worth all of that for like, say, an extra two fantasy points per game average?
1: Right. Yeah. That, okay, so there's... Again, there's there's some definite truth to this. Just thinking about... like, I mean, you know, Superflex Theorem, it, it's based on you know, the, the fa the scarcity of, of quarterbacks after the draft and the fact that, uh, you know, it's, it's so hard to replace their production. It's hard to replace their longevity, their longevity, you know, all, all of that stuff like that's, that's still there, but like that's based again, it's all based on the idea that you're trading a non quarterback because you didn't take it seriously in the draft You took Ryan Fitzpatrick instead of a real quarterback, (laughs) Uh, at least like a more long-term quarterback. And now, you know, you don't have trade leverage. And not only that, I mean, that other person has to give up valuable depth that, you know, they can't really afford to give up. But, I mean, when we start talking about rookie picks, for instance, you know, there's still there's still ways to get quarterbacks with rookie picks other than rookie pick 1.01. And, like, where the super flex theorem falls apart is, I mean, trading from one quarterback to the next should be super cheap. So, you know, if if those two things are true, if, you know, there's very little, we know that there's very little weekly scoring difference between one quarterback and the next. Like Trevor Lawrence... Is the, the reason that Trevor Lawrence is so much more valuable than Ryan Fitzpatrick is just because of his age. It's not because of the production. In fact, Ryan Fitzpatrick's gonna outproduce Trevor Lawrence in 2021, as long as they're both on the field. Like so, like we if if we like we know that the quarterback scoring is similar from one to the next. We know that there are rookies, they're going to be rookie quarterbacks available. So why don't rookie picks get you a little bit closer to those quarterbacks? You know, I, I like even this year like 107 in a in your rookie draft ends up being Mac Jones. You know, why can't 107 plus a little bit, you know, get you Trevor Lawrence? Right, but like, that's
0: not the way it works. So it's right. like you have to do the 107 uh, the 2022 first rounder, the 2023 first rounder. I've seen some of these trades that get tweeted out. I don't understand it. I believe, John, the theory behind the value of quarterbacks when it comes to trading in dynasty needs mm-hmm. to be flipped on its head. Someone needs to lead the charge and bring us back from this, san- from this insanity of what's going on.
1: I will you, never wait. Are you asking me to do it? Because I'm the rhino stomping out the fire. I don't know that. <laughs> I don't know it's going to happen.
0: I, I will always go back to this article Nathan Powell wrote for the old two QB's website where he talked about how the cheapest time to acquire a quarterback in Dynasty is through drafting them in a startup mm-hmm. because you use that pick and he's yours. But as the moment that draft is over, and let's say you took Aaron Rodgers in round one. As soon as that draft is over, Aaron Rodgers is like worth between two to three first round picks. Yeah. And he made me look at Dynasty in a completely different light at that point because I was always like I just always I was always been a late round quarterback type of guy for my redraft days. And I would took take that into dynasty and I would be okay with the later round types, of course, not late, late, but like mid to late because you still have to remember it's super flex. So it's not like you can get a decent quarterback in the last round. You can't. But I was always the type of guy like, well, I'll grab like these mid range guys and I'll just load up on every other skill position. And then I read that article and it made me realize just how different dynasty is and just how insane quarterback value is in dynasty that, that honestly, that had a big reason why I don't play dynasty football anymore. I just didn't want to deal with that. And I feel like that was like four, maybe even five years ago when he wrote that article. And it's just gotten crazier and crazier and crazier to the point where I'm on every podcast with you ranting about Trevor Lawrence.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know that like almost became like a pet project of yours, Trevor Lawrence this year. But I mean, like overall. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's still like, it, it makes sense. You know, the fact that like that scarcity is just so important. And, and then there's also the fact and and honest, I'll be honest here with everybody. I think that we probably overblow it a little bit. Well, you know, when we talk about career expectancy for quarterbacks, it's, it's not nearly as, as easy for a quarterback to lock down a job long-term is what we would like to believe. The problem is that we still have to buy the potential that they're going to do it. Like a couple years ago, we still had to buy Jared Goff as a you know twenty six year old starting quarterback in Sean McVay's offense. Like we had to buy him on the idea that he was going to continue to be Sean McVay's Sean McVay's starting quarterback for the next you know fifteen years or you know ten years, and like even though that obviously didn't end up being the case and now we're looking at maybe one more year of Jared Goff as an NFL starter we still had to we still had to buy on that you know just the that potential and i think and that's a big part of what drives it as well but like it's it it does it i there's still some flawed logic in it i think and uh, like that's that's why I keep I I mean I keep trying to really emphasize the fact that quarterback extreme is not meant to be like cornering the market on on the elite quarterbacks. I don't even necessarily need the elite quarterbacks. I don't care about that. I don't care who I have. I it's more about the number. It's about the head count, but I need I need to get it to a point where I've got enough of those quarterbacks and the only real way to do it is to start early. And then it, of course, Aaron Rodgers is a different thing <laughs> altogether. So,
0: but can't you also have a stable of quarterbacks? If you start in the mid rounds,
1: like you say
0: it's not about having the elite guys. Yeah. So like, for example, let's go strictly off of this ADP, right? Mm-hmm. And let's say, I'll throw out a hypothetical number 4. You wanted to start your draft off with four quarterbacks, right? Let's mm-hmm. just throw that number. Up. So mm-hmm. your quarterbacks would be Trevor Lawrence, uh Trey Lance, um Zach Wilson, and Mac Jones. It's all rookies. <laughs> <laughs> or, and, or it could be Trevor Lawrence and then Aaron Rodgers, uh Matthew Stafford and Baker Mayfield. Those would be your first four picks. Pretty decent quarterback stable, right?
1: I wouldn't do that, by the way, but yeah, yeah. I just
0: I fun. just try to pick one quarterback from each round. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then let's say when you decide you want to do QBX in starting round eight instead, so mm-hmm. you could have Jared Goff, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Cam Newton, Taysom Hill. Mm-hmm. What what's the big difference between your QBX strategies? You still have a stable of quarterbacks and then i'm going to assume your other skill position players would be pretty amazing.
1: Right. Yeah. The
0: So does that ever factor into your mindset when it comes to QBX?
1: In in redraft it somewhat does. Uh in dynasty though it's the fact that, you know, so it was Goff, Fitzpatrick, Cam Newton, Taysom Hill, i could be down to one quarterback. By you know, I mean honestly, by mid season, <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I I might be down to just Jared Goff by you know by the uh, you know by before we even get to the fantasy playoffs, and then by the twenty twenty two off season, I might not have any quarterbacks left, you know, that are going to be NFL starters. That's that's kind of the issue for me. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, like it it's still it would work like and then the other problem is, um, it, you know, I at that point, like I feel like those guys are kind of reaches, you know, uh, obviously based on the ADP, like that's where you have to take them. But honestly, Jared Goff or Jerry Judy, you know, like those mm-hmm. two are back to back in the eighth round. It would feel like crap to me to reach <laughs> past Jerry Judy to take Jared Goff because mm-hmm. I don't have any quarterbacks yet.
0: Uh, I, this is meant as absolutely no offense or <laughs> disrespect to you and okay. QBX strategy, even though I know when someone says that, it means all the disrespect in the yeah. world.
1: I know but it's coming, especially when it's someone who's comfortable <laughs> being disrespectful to me. Do
0: you ever think to to yourself that Mm -hmm. taking four quarterbacks or five quarterbacks with your first four to five picks, couldn't that also be considered a reach too? Because realistically, you're only starting two every week. I understand dynasty is kind of a different mentality because you're also looking down the line, right? So if you drafted a couple of older veteran guys but a couple of younger guys, those guys could be the replacements, but as of right now, you use five picks on the quarterback position. You're starting only two every week. Maybe you have the third for bye weeks, but that's a very expensive bye week draft pick. That That's a lot for just a bye week <laughs> fill-in guy. Maybe you're thinking in your mind, well, I could trade these guys because I have five quarterbacks. So if I have five, I took these guys away from someone else who really wants it, and we've talked about – how insane the value is of trading for quarterbacks. So that you could also maybe think in your heads, like I drafted five starting to, I'm going to trade these other guys. I'm going to stockpile first round picks, but that's all, that's not a guarantee, right? Some people I have seen vehemently against quarterback hoarders, where they just don't want to trade out of spite (laughs) because they're just upset. This person drafted all the other quarterback. So I, again, feel free to yell at me, tell me that I'm wrong. But again, couldn't that just be considered a reach too?
1: You're not wrong. It is a, re- yeah, it's for sure a reach. I mean, again, looking at this ADP, like in the second round, you know, Ryan Tannehill at 208, Derek Henry at 209. Like it feels like a reach to take Ryan Tannehill over Derrick Henry after the type of season that Derrick Henry has just turned in, right? Or like Justin Fields at 210 over Nick Chubb at 211. Like those, those are those feel it's like those are reaches.
0: Three rookie quarterbacks within the first twenty-two picks.
1: Yeah, yeah, over over absolute stud running backs, and you know, back to your point, like Justin Fields is going what one, two, three, three, four spots ahead of AJ Brown. Like that this feels last for me. <laughs> <laughs> like I, it, I look that at that feels this, like I, a reach. It, I, it it is a reach.
0: I could have, I could realistically have like Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf, and AJ Brown if I bypassed all the other positions according to this ADP.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I
0: honestly wouldn't care who my quarterbacks are. (laughs) And tight end doesn't matter unless you have one of the top four guys. I'm Mm. a guy that I really don't care about running backs to begin with. So, like, I honestly, I honestly feel like I, I could build a juggernaut of a Dynasty Superlex team, according to this ADP.
1: Yeah. the So the, the problem is, if I mean, if I'm getting Jerry Judy in the eighth round and I'm getting Elijah Moore in the ninth round, whatever it is, like, your guys have to outscore my wide receivers by, you know, about 40 points to make up the difference that I'm going to, build at quarterback that's the problem just because like my my quarterbacks i mean they already start off with a close to 20 point each you know type of of baseline like average score for a quarterback in 2020 was 18 points so um you know like that's that's kind of what i'm starting off with but then i've got five of them so i'm cherry picking matchups Like there's a possibility that I put together, you know, 60, 70 points from my, from my quarterbacks. And then my wide receivers don't have to do much, if anything, you know.
0: Right. But again, this is all comes down to roster building philosophy. Mm -hmm. And I can just flip that on you where I just don't think there is that big of a gap between your two starting quarterbacks and the two starting quarterbacks that I could eventually draft later on.
1: Yeah. On average, yeah, that's true. I will
0: I will give you that a Trevor Lawrence maybe, but let's say um definitely like the Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen types have a much higher ceiling yeah. than someone like Ryan Fitzpatrick I always come back to or even like a Sam Darnold for example, just mm-hmm. throwing that name out there. Those types of guys have a much higher probability of just crapping the bed. compared to the other guys that I will I will always give that to you but then again that's baked into the cost
1: yeah for sure yeah and again it's it's not so much about having those guys it's about having the number of the head count because that's
0: I will say that's where I disagree with you because I could have a, a head count even if I wait to the mid or later rounds to grab quarterbacks they might not be as good or sexy in your eyes compared to the other guys, but I would still have, I could have the exact same number of quarterbacks that you have.
1: I agree. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Like, and especially if you handcuffed them kind of like we talked about at the top, like if you had Ryan Fitzpatrick and you also grabbed Taylor Hineke just in case, like you've got the starting quarterback for, for Washington. So now anytime that Washington has a good matchup, you get to plug in that guy, you know, whoever it is, and you're going to you just Im- immediately raise your scoring baseline, you know, from 18 points up to, you know, closer to 30 points. Like that's the type of upside that you got by taking Washington, Washington starting quarterback going up against Detroit, for instance, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so, I, 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 oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's so it's less about about who it is, and it's more about the ability to um, to cherry pick those matchups, as opposed to you know whoever has just if you only take three quarterbacks, you and one of them's on bye, I, and you, one of them has a really bad matchup. One of them's going up against the LA Rams. I mean, you just have to start that guy and and just you know accept the fact that you're going to get you know, roughly 10 points from them. And I'm going to get 30 from my guy.
0: If we look at it strictly from a numbers game, Mm -hmm. um, you can tell me what the most common roster format is these days. I've always come from a background where it was either at least half PPR or full PPR Mm -hmm. where you would start three running backs. Plus you have an option of a flex. So theoretically you could start up to four receivers and then you throw in your tight end. So, I'm looking. If I look at it from that way, I could I could realistically start four wide receivers every week, but mm-hmm. you can only start two quarterbacks.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um,
0: I know it's a very cherry picked. No, event, n- no. But,
1: I mean, it's definitely true. But I, I mean, I still, I still have a feeling that my two quarterbacks, if they're both in good matchups are going to score just as much as, or more than all four wide receivers. (laughs)
0: Plus my tight end.
1: That's the, and that's the, that's the whole thing. of Well, the, and the tight end could be different. And I mean, tight end premium kind of adds a wrinkle Mm -hmm. too, but, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's the craziness of quarterbacks.
0: Okay.
1: Like that. And, and, sometimes people draft that way without like subconsciously, maybe they they realize that that's what they're kind of getting. I think they're thinking more about, you know, the longevity, but, and you know, they look at, they look at points per game. They look at the average, mm-hmm. which to me, we misuse the average when we talk about <laughs> points per game, like that's a, that's a bad number for us to be using because that's not what actually happened like how many times did Baker Mayfield actually score 13 points to get to his 13 points per game average you know um he he actually ended up with a couple monster games and then a bunch of games well below 13 uh,
0: like i i told you the splits from last <laughs> yeah. season how wild it was
1: yeah it was way off yeah so it yeah it's it's it, I, I like people look at that average and feel you know, comfortable with that. But what I am proposing that people should be looking at, at is the upside in a good matchup and the idea that you can kind of chase those matchups a little bit, if you've got uh, the right number of guys. And, you know, it just, it just raises the the baseline scoring that you're going to have to a point where, yeah, I mean, like if you get anything from your wide receivers anything from your running backs, you know, it's, it's just going to add up onto what you already got from the quarterbacks. And it's going to cover like multiple positions, like the court, the two quarterbacks alone are going to cover multiple positions in your opponent's lineup, especially if they've got bad matchups. So I don't know. I will
0: say I 100% appreciate you (laughs) taking all of my questions trying to de- denounce QBX
1: on your show. I'm always happy to do it, but, <laughs>
0: but again, I, 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 I can feel... tell
1: that you remain unconvinced.
0: <laughs> so I, I, and here I am trying to convince you to walk away from your QBX throne. But again, I I feel like the crux of the issue will all come down to how you want to build a roster. Right. Yeah, and uh, And when it comes to that, we are on two very polar opposite ends.
1: Yeah. And what I will concede is that quarterback extreme is not the be all and all.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think you can you can do it with the the roster build that you're proposing. Absolutely. And
0: I, I would like to point out to anybody who has made it this far in the podcast who is still listening <laughs> that we were able to have this very civil debate without calling anybody names or using uh, slurs or derogatory words towards them, (laughs) as I have seen some people on Twitter do to you.
1: Oh, of course. Yeah. 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 It's (laughs) it's uh, it's not always fun uh, being on uh, being on this side of it. Like I kind of take the fun out of it for people. I get it. (laughs) So. um, Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, I, I mean, I still think it's worthwhile. So, you know, to to have it out there for uh, for people to consider. But uh, I'll throw
0: out a very funny story. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. When we started doing the um, redraft Superflex mocks this uh, off season, in one of the drafts, our good mutual buddy Swags, I think he drafted like four or five quarterbacks in a row. My uh, <laughs> my co-founder of two QBs, Greg Smith at Greg Sauce on Twitter. Um, had no idea what QBX was or he wasn't aware who Swags was. And he asked me and uh, Josh Smith, who runs our mocks, (laughs) is this guy trolling everybody? Like what's going on here? And I had to explain to Greg that there is this theory out there called QBX, very prevalent and more dominant in Dynasty world, that that's exactly what is happening and that maybe Swags either – thought that he was doing another dynasty mock or he just wanted to see what QBX would look like in redraft. Greg was ready to ban him from all future mocks <laughs> until I explained to him what was going on.
1: Uh well I'm I'm glad that he didn't uh because I think that it deserves a place at the table. But uh I well, can every also... <laughs>
0: single strategy in the world deserves a place at the table.
1: Yeah. If that's like... what you
0: believe in, that's what you want to do, go for it. Like look how many pointless debates we've had this offseason on what modified zero rb should be called i know,
1: I know. It in that by by the way is not a position that you can really finesse like <laughs> the quarterback you can do it like either way like there's there's some actual some craft to that running back there is not so yeah um yeah, we should, man, we should really wrap it up. I could <laughs> talk to you forever about, we, we talked for a lot longer than I intended about music. We, <laughs> I had no idea we were going to talk backup quarterbacks. And we talked about that for almost an hour. And now here we are in another,
0: we, we didn't do anything on your show sheet. Even the ADP no. game went off on we a completely still different tangent.
1: <laughs> we still didn't get to it. Uh, but it was fun stuff is interesting stuff i i think it's still useful stuff
0: oh yeah so. one 100 i don't say this very often when it comes to my content but no. i do think that this podcast is worth listening to yeah like this very i'm not saying your podcast overall i haven't listened to every episode i'm not going to put <laughs> that review out into the world but this very specific episode that i am on as a guest that you're hosting should be listened to by people who plays Superflex fantasy football and just dynasty in general? I think could be very helpful when it comes to trying to figure out strategies and values, especially of the quarterback position.
1: Yeah, well, I am going to put out a review of something that uh, I probably shouldn't put my name to just yet, but I can tell that the two QBs Superflex Draft Guide is going to be awesome. Uh, I mean, just look at some of the names that are involved with this. Uh, obviously, the return of Greg Sauce, Greg Smith. And uh Sal Stefanelli, of course. Um uh, let's see, just in this mock draft alone, you had Sean Siegel, Mike Clay, TJ Hernandez, John Daigle, Scott Barrett, JJ Zacharyson, Danny Kelly, Rich Rebar, Marcus Grant, Matt Harmon, uh you and uh you and Greg, and Anthony Amico. Like that is just like that's like an all-star. T- that's like the dream team, uh, minus QBX, uh, and then like you still have contributions from Peter Howard, Chris Allen, Renee Miller, Ben Gretch, Justin Edwards, Jack Miller, John Proctor, Kenny Hiddenhouse, Pete Manzanelli. Like this thing is just like I I don't know what you had to pay people to get that group together, but like it had to be substantial. One
0: like, well, thing is, like, we actually did pay every contributor, or we're going to, once the, really? the guide. Yeah, that's that's been one of the great things about the draft guide is we've done two in the past. So this is our third one. The first one was all kind of uh, a shot in the dark just to see what the response would be. And it was the very first piece of content we produced at two quarterbacks that you had to pay for. And the response was phenomenal. So we were able to give back to the writers what well, we thought at the time was very fair compensation. And then the next year when we did the draft guide right again, we were able to just give them a flat rate up front. It's like, we'll pay you this no matter how many copies we sell because we felt very confident that they would sell. And same thing with this one. Either the writers have their option of being paid a flat sum or to donate their portion to the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence because – Um, proceeds of every draft guide sold does get donated and a lot of the writers and you know the fantasy community are very charitable very generous and have absolutely no issue bypassing a paycheck if it goes to a worthy cause so I've we've felt very fortunate in that regards and so I've always felt that if you can pay writers you should pay writers (laughs) and I think just like listing all those names it's just um just goes to show how supportive the fantasy community is right like mm-hmm. for example you're at DLF I'm at four. For 4. everybody you mentioned writes for a, a different website than I do there's a couple of 4, four folks in there as well but they have no issue saying yes when I asked like you, whether it was I or Greg who asked these people to contribute to the draft guide, they all said yes and I think that just just goes to show how big and supportive we all are of each other we all for the most part, we all want everybody else to succeed, nobody wants anybody to fail,
1: right? Yeah, absolutely agree. There, um, I think that uh, next year we need some QBX representation in this thing, <laughs> but otherwise, I'm incredibly excited for this draft guide. Uh, this is going to be awesome, and, and you know, to to hear. Uh, the generosity of, of, uh, everybody involved. And then the generosity of you guys to, you know, to pay it forward to, uh, um, to charity as well. is just, uh, the, like the, just the whole thing is just one big feel good <laughs> story. That's also going to help you with your super flex. Uh, and this is pre- primarily redraft, correct? Mm-hmm, this is, yeah. 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 Perfect. So, uh, yeah, all, uh, all, all good stuff so they can get it at 2qbs.com. Is that the best way?
0: No, that website actually doesn't belong to us anymore. <laughs> oh,
1: awesome. when,
0: when Greg and I decided to give up on uh, 2qbs, we just let the domain name and some like ghost person bought it and they just use it for the page views, basically. <laughs> we created a whole separate domain. Uh, it will be announced when the draft guide, but basically just. Look out for our twitters uh, at 2QBs or at Greg Sauce or at Sal Paltu because we'll be tweeting it out as much as we can because we have to you know pay bills, sell this thing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then there's uh, – so you're at 4 for 4. Uh, what is it? Director of Fun? Did I get it right this time? Uh,
0: head of Fun Stuff.
1: Head of Fun Stuff. Remember, okay.
0: director is only used for full-time employees Yeah, like 4 for 4. It- that's what
1: it was okay <laughs> yeah uh, and uh host of the four minute drill you just had matt Harmon during one of the busiest news cycles that we've had in football in several months
0: you were a guest earlier this off season
1: I, I, yeah i got to talk about uh about some of the same stuff <laughs> why why this adp is so nuts like i think that was that was kind of the overarching uh question that you had for me Um,
0: so that's that's the great thing about the four minute drill is like we spent uh as of right now an hour and 35 minutes our episode was like seven (laughs) minutes long
1: yeah yeah it wasn't four minutes by the way (laughs) but it was a lot closer than this for sure (laughs) admittedly so yeah all of that's good stuff uh sal i mean uh, a friend a mentor um just one of my favorite people to, to talk about anything with. And uh, the fact that we got to talk about so many different things over the course of uh, two different podcast episodes, has been a real treat for me. So thank you for taking the time. And uh, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do it a lot sooner than uh, we won't (laughs) go. Yeah, we won't go three years. (laughs) We won't do that anymore. Yeah, I, yeah. I
0: appreciate you having me on this show i don't get asked on too many podcasts so it's always fun when i actually have to go on the show and pretend that i know what i'm talking about because most <laughs> people just look at my twitter timeline and think i'm a huge joke
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> which
0: in fairness to them is the persona that i've built
1: yeah that's what you're going for so <laughs> yeah but uh an hour almost an hour and 40 minutes here of uh super flex content uh, proves otherwise. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thanks for coming on. No, um, thank
0: you.
1: Yeah. So let's wrap it up there for the week. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Subscribe to the DLF Family and Podcast Mega Feed. Uh, subscribe to Superflex City. Um, you can uh, keep up with the Super Show as well as uh, all the other uh, all the other shows that we're putting out for Superflex City. Uh, do us a, a huge favor and rate and review Super Show if you haven't already help it helps us to uh get out more people touch on more topics that are useful to you our super friends get at us on twitter at Superflex show but honestly even better just uh, like i'm so bad at checking that account <laughs> <laughs> just just individually as Superflex, dude sal's at sal pal too uh hit us up individually always happy to retweet trade polls uh answer you know questions and uh mentions or dms either way always happy to do that so uh this episode was dedicated in loving memory to james the brain Cthulhu. thank you to dlf for the platform thank you to heart and soul radio for the music and above all else thank you for listening and until next week stay sexy and super flex